for security? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Worldwide Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. This is episode number 552 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. What's up? I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Valentino, Marcus Kyler, Chairman of the Yeet Crew, Matt McDaniel, Space Tacos, Tom Bishop over on the boot, Nia. Senfalis, LinkedIn folks like Jenny Roberstead and Landon Williams coming in hot. All the YouTubers like Michael Starnes and Kenyon Izo. We are all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you use this information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders today or strategically long term? And settle in if you're looking to break into the industry because we are a supportive, inclusive community. And we got room for newcomers and old graybeards too. And if you are looking to break into the industry, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This right here is a banger of an answer. Plus, the networking is phenomenal. The hashtag Team SC, the Simply Cyber community. Get in here, my friend. You are not going to regret making the decision to spend the next 45 minutes to hour with this crew. Now, it is Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to go around the world in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want you to know that I do not prep or research any of the stories that we're about to go through today because I want you to get my raw, you know, real opinion as if we work together and I, you know, came in and we were talking around the water cooler and what's up. It doesn't do me any good if I do all this research and I'm like, oh, I'm so well informed on this. Like, no, like you're going to get what's up in real time. Also, before we dig in, I want you to know about the stream sponsors. Those crews that allow me to show up every single weekday morning, wear a hacker t-shirt to work, and absolutely just scream into this microphone and shred. It's awesome. Starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. My man, my friend, my team. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping business cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Listen, y'all, cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what? Jenny Housley knows that Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. In addition to being a stream sponsor, Barricade Cyber likes to make it rain up in here, making it rain with squad memberships. So if you are getting a squad membership right now, like Regine Franklin, like Sakinat Aziz, like Brandon Peck, Kyle Gonzalez, Eric Taylor and the team. They just dropped a hundred bomb of squad memberships into chat. So get your Oprah's on 
It's all about community. It's all about good times. It's all about becoming a squad member today. Thank you so much, Eric Taylor and the team over at um, <laughs> over at Barricade Cyber. Also like to indirectly thank Casually Joseph for punting his paycheck this week for the squad memberships. <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to tell you about the squad member. I mean, I tell you about another great sponsor of the show, Panopsi Security. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals with Panopsi Security. So if you're looking to... Um, uh, do like workforce augmentation, like you need more bodies to execute on a project. You need guidance or thought leadership on how to build your cyber program. You just need a capability of like, hey, listen, the insurance company said if we don't do a tabletop exercise, it's 2x our policy premiums. Can you do a tabletop exercise? Boom. The answer is when can I show up and execute on that, right? That's what Panopsite can do for you. Panopsite.com. Give them a, ho- a holler. Tell them I sent you. Uh, or just ask me and I'll connect you. I am on the board of advisors, which is a non-paid position at Panopsi. But I just love Panopsi and know what's up over there. Um, I know it's not quite the same thing as dropping a 100 bomb, but uh, I'm inspired. I'm going to gift five memberships right now myself personally. Boom! Making it rain in a little tiny, uh, you know, like that's like my my micro Eric Taylor impression. So get in there. George Strasberger. <clears throat> George Strasberger, 20 months deep, my friend, and welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys. Hey, we got Anti-Siphon at the mid-roll. More about them afterwards. Um, I want to let you know each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So what does that mean? I get asked all the time, how do I claim these? Listen, all you got to do is say what's up in chat. Grab a screenshot. There's no formal paperwork. When you submit to your certification body, they may ask for evidence. That's when the uh, screenshots will come into play, all right? So that's all you got to do. Say what's up in chat. It's worth half a CP every day, two and a half a week, 10 a month. Get the CPEs here, friend. It is literally the best way to get CPEs. I've been in this industry 20 years. I've had CISP since 2009. Dude, getting CPEs, watching webinars you don't care about, is it's a... <laughs> It's, it's a nightmare. So don't do that. Stay here with us. If this is your first step, well, listen, if you don't know what to write in chat, let me tell you, hashtag Team SC, or just do what Royce Jones did with Royce Jones and a target date. Love it, Royce. Give us a hashtag Team SC if you're a member of the Simply Cyber community. And if you are here for the first time, guess what? We would love for you to let us know it's your first day here because First days can be intimidating. It's like switching to a new school. You're walking around. You don't know who to say hi to. People look like they got their own little groups. We don't do that here. We are wildly inclusive and super supportive. So if it's your first day here, say hashtag first timer in chat. We've got a special sound effect for you. We've got a special emote for you. You may have just become a squad member walking through the door. Like you walk in, you're like, where do I put my jacket? And Eric Taylor throws a squad membership on top of you. And you're like, whoa. Let it go, man. Let it go. Woo. All right. So let us know where you are, first timers. Now, check it out. My favorite part of the day. Worldwide Wednesday. It's a great activity. If you don't know what it is, you're about to find out, and it's going to hit you in the face. It's going to be epic. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now, IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge worthy content. Use my promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or your first year. You can see I got a pinned comment in chat. This is uh, the Simply Cyber landing page for ACI Learning. 
Travis Connor with a five spot. Had a dip out early yesterday. Go crush the CYSA plus. Thanks for the knowledge every morning. Travis Connor. Boom. Just absolutely crushing goals. Great job, Travis. Everybody let Travis know how sick that is. Oh, look, you can actually thumbs up his thing. That's cool. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it. Hey, guys, guess what? We do a special activity every single day of the week, and Wednesdays is epic. It is Worldwide Wednesday. So what do we do here? For the next two minutes and 22 seconds, I'm going to ask you, where are you? You're going to tell me, and we're going to see if we can have representation live in chat right now around the world. It's it's 8.09 a.m. where I am. And it, it's midnight somewhere where one of you is. It's 4 a.m., 5 a.m. where Nick Barker is. So let's go around the world. I do this exercise, one, because it's so fun, but two, just to demonstrate that we are a diverse, inclusive, and international community. Hashtag Team SC. I love it. All right, y'all. Let's set the clock. Mods, get ready. I usually flip out. Oh, hold on. I want to say what's up to Utkarsh Walchal. Or Utkarsh Walchali or Utkarsh uh, Whale Shale. Welcome to the party, pal. Let's get it going. Boom, baby. All right, guys. Two minutes on the clock. Let's go. Poland's in the house. Texas is in the house. All right, we got Poland. We got Texas. Very nice. Yes, yes, yes. Indiana's up in here. The DR. Leon from the DR coming in hot. I see you, Leon. Chai Town. What's up, Maryland? Va Beach. Beaumont, Texas. Lot of, lot of representation. Bjorn, my web app friend, coming in hot from Belgium. Boom, Belgium's online. Love the beers out in Belgium. What's up, Michigan, UP, Bangalore, India's online. I see you, Sicily. Tom Bishop with the boo. Love it. Hey, what's up, New Hampshire? Dodge Country, Wisconsin. Dodge County. What's up, Kentucky? I see you, Rhode Island. Kentucky Bluegrass Incognito bringing the Maple Leaf online. Bob Beach is up in here with Dwayne Williams, Japan, and Thailand. Whoops, I accidentally clicked Myanmar, so hopefully we get Myanmar in here. Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Portugal. I see you. Queens, New York, coming in hot from Texarkana. Matt McDaniel. Matt McDaniel's always coming in hot. He's got one speed wide open. Kilikali, Misty Eye coming in on the left coast. Very nice. France is in the house. Very nice. Hey, France, I see you. South Africa, bringing Africa online. Boom, baby. All right. Hey, Australia. I see you, Australia. Liberia's online. Boom. Love it, love it, love it. I, hey, guess what? South America, you're going to be the uh, you're going to be the pain at point this week. I hope not. Let's go, Ethiopia. I see you. Boom. Chile. Hold on. Can we confirm Chile is in here? Ghana is in the house. I saw Chile, but it was spelt wrong, so I just want to make sure. Where's Ghana? Ghana, Ghana, Ghana. Ghana, 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 Chameleon. There it is. Get, it is. Get some. What's up, brotherly love, Mino? I see you. Hungry's up in here. Soloing Hungry. Boom. Love it, love it, love it. Chile, Pablo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We did it. We did it. Let's keep going, but we did it. I love it. Colombia's in the house. Okay, now South America's flexing. Bangladesh. Bangladesh, we got you, Bangladesh. Turkey's in here. Pablo with Chile. I love it. London's UK. Very nice. Across the pond. Colombia. All right, guys. Let's see how we did. I got to tell you, 
It was like South America wasn't pushing their weight. And then all of a sudden, Chile and Colombia come in like arm in arm, just flexing on Worldwide Wednesday. Dude, I want to congratulate all of you. We straight up did it. Well done. Well done. We went around the world. This is what I'm talking about. This is kicking major butt. I love it. All right. So as fun as it was to go around the world, we have work to do. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us all in an awesome wave. I will see you all at the mid-roll. Congratulations, everybody. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I'm Lauren Verno. Tech giants and world governments unite to tackle spyware threats. In a united front against commercial spyware, over a dozen countries, including France, the UK, and the US, joined forces with tech giants Google, Meta, and Microsoft to sign a joint agreement on Tuesday. Now, the pledge was released just a day after the US announced a visa restriction policy for individuals involved in the misuse of commercial spyware. The initiative advocates for international guidelines to control the unrestrained proliferation of cyber intrusive tools. Commercial spyware such as NSO Group's Pegasus exploits smartphones for eavesdropping, message interception, and data exfiltration, often leveraging zero-day exploits. Now, notably, Hungary, Mexico, Spain, and Thailand were among the 11 countries who opted not to sign the pledge, as reported by the recorded future. A follow-up meeting is planned for next year. Spyware. All right. Um, you know, so it's interesting here. Um, NSO Group's Pegasus software has been leading the charge in the in the space of um you know, spyware or surveillance, um, espionage type stuff. Um, the, the term spyware, just to really qualify this for some people who are new uh, to the industry, like spyware traditionally was like creepware, like, oh, I install it on your computer and then I can like turn on your webcam and stuff. Or way back in the day, it was like, uh, you know, it would be like adware kind of like on your machine, like pop-ups and crap like that. But like modern times spyware, it is like, you know, CIA espionage spy versus spy spyware. They put it on your phone, zero click. What they're what they're saying here is that, and I'm not surprised because these weapon these weapons of um like zero click spyware like Pegasus is being used against political you know people in power or journal uh, journalists investigating people in power, right? So it it makes sense that countries in power would like to have some type of um, responsible use framework in place uh, to make sure that it's not weaponized against them, but also just for like the righteousness of society, um, it would be nice to do this. Now, NSO Group does say things in other other. There's other companies that make these type of weapons, but they they're almost like Lord of War type things where they're like, we you know we don't uh, shoot the gun, we simply sell the gun, and it's like yeah, that's. You do have a moral responsibility to vet who's gonna, who's buying your products. But at the end of the day, cash, homie. cash talks, man. You know what I mean? Like you can have all the righteous virtues ever, but if they're like, listen, we'll give you $5 million to infect this political rival. You know, someone's going to say yes, right? Or they're going to take the $5 million down to the next business. So unfortunately, um, these things do happen. I love this framework. I am interested to see what it looks like in practice, right? It's fine to have a policy that says, do not use this door. But if every if the door opens 
you know, to go out to the parking lot, people are going to use the door, right? Like it's an administrative policy is a very weak policy in the world of cybersecurity. And this is basically an administrative policy. So I hope that this has some type of like teeth to it or some type of um, grip to it. You know what I mean? Uh, and the ability to have punishment if found to be abusing it. Now, they did say that countries like Hungary and Thailand and a couple other countries did not sign the pledge to want to agree to this. That sounds nefarious on the surface, but I bet you if you dig into the details, um, there might be some type of a kind of asymmetrical um, uh, uh, benefit for larger countries like the United States, the United Kingdom, France versus uh, a country like Hungary, right? So maybe like maybe Hungary has to disclose something to the United States where the United States does not have to disclose something like that. I don't know. Or maybe there's some financial commitment that needs to be made if you're part of this this crew and Hungary doesn't want to give into that. So I don't know. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, they do point out in the story, I, just to like further point out the uh, <laughs> like the the effect of this or the utility of this. Um, they say here that this is not the first effort to combat malicious governmental use of commercial spyware. Um, the Biden administration released an executive order last March, right? So a year ago, and like a year ago. And have you heard or seen anything different than the way that commercial spyware has been used? I hate to be cynical. I, I hate to be cynical. I'm, I'm, I really try to be positive and supportive all the time. But this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about and what Eric Taylor is screaming into the ether right now about is that it's fine to have policy and like, ugh, like, you know, a, a framework. But like, what is, where's the, where's the stick? Right. Where, where's the stick to like not do these things? NSO groups making a million dollars a rip, a million dollars an install. Like <laughs> what? Why, why wouldn't they? Um, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, like we'll see where it goes. I definitely agree that we, something needs to be done because it is a incredibly powerful weapon that's being used, frankly, to, to against, uh, you know, people who don't need to be. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's an invasion, frankly. And unfortunately, some people get it installed so they can find out where you are because you're pinging your geolocation and then they come round you up and you disappear. So there really are very serious consequences to being targeted with this in some instances. The final thing I want to say, the story itself, I noticed here as I was scanning it, they do mention Paul Mall, a commercial spyware. Um, you know, Pegasus has a fun name, but for my dollar, got to go Paul Mall. Uh, takes me back to, uh, you know, the 80s <laughs> when everyone was smoking butts. And you'd be like, like you get like a 70-year-old lady coming in. She's like, into the gas station that I worked at. Uh, two packs of Paul Mall, sweetie. Uh, and like the Paul Mall 100s, like they were like the size of a, <laughs> like the size of a straw. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's keep going. Vendors to blame for most Google zero dates. Speaking of spyware, Google reports that spyware vendors were responsible for 80% of the zero-day vulnerabilities discovered by the company in 2023. Now, looking at the bigger picture, Google's threat analysis group attributes 35 out of 72 known-in-the-wild zero-day exploits affecting its products over the last decade to spyware vendors. Google notes that the actual number is likely higher considering undetected exploits. 
commercial spyware vendors predominantly impacted Google Chrome, Android, and Apple iOS. Almost half of... All right. Yeah, probably the 90s too. I, I didn't... Trust me, I, I'm old, but I didn't have a job at a gas station in the 80s. <laughs> 90, uh, 95, 96 to 98, I worked at Texaco. All right. Uh, so check this out. Google says spyware vendors behind most zero days. All right. A couple things. One, the Google tag threat actor group, uh, not threat actor group. What is threat analysis group? Excuse me. Google's tag. Um, that is an awesome group. So if you don't know Google tag, definitely worth a follow. Google it. Watch it. I think Google tag is great. Uh, also, Google Project Zero, since I'm throwing out Google love. Um so Google's saying that spyware vendors are behind most zero days. Of course they are. Um, as we just covered in the previous story, Pegasus um, and Paul Mall, sweetie, um, are just two examples of spyware that is just going gangbusters to the point where like uh, federal governments are trying to put frameworks in place to control it. Here is the deal, okay? As Here's the deal, okay? Straight and simple. This is my hot take on this. I'm not even going to read the story. I'm just a hot take on the title. And and by the way, anytime I get out of my switch or anytime I start like pontificating on uh based on my my experiences and stuff, I'm going to do the tinfoil hat. Here's what's up. Okay? I'm a like let's do this. I'm a threat actor. I'm a I'm a ransomware threat actor. I'm a criminal, whatever. I'm a nation state. I can you 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 don't have multi-factor like enabled, right? You have databases facing the internet. Carl, Carl, our token end user avatar, clicks on dumb stuff in email, right? I can send you a USB drive and you plug it in. So like criminals really don't need to come up with zero days, right? Like we, excuse me. We make it easy enough that criminals don't need to do the research to discover zero days. They can just walk through the door that we left open. Nation states, they have straight cash, homie. They're nation states. They can develop their own weapons, but they can also just buy them, which is a lot faster, right? That's that's one thing you should learn. Like you should always think about in the world, like whether you're learning um, cybersecurity or you're you're doing anything. You go to Disney World and you run or ride the rides. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. You can exchange money for time. You don't want to wait for an hour in line. Here's some money. Boom, you cut to the front of the line. You don't want to spend uh, a, like a week or two trying to like scour the internet for free resources. Boom, here's some money. Here's it all curated for you. So time for money. That's why nation states will just buy access to this. Now, let's talk about this for a second. If you have read the book, that, uh, wait, wrong one. If you've read the book, This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends by Nicole Pelroth, this book is awesome. Straight awesome, okay? You can see I purchased it on October 3rd. I read it. It is phenomenal. Now, why do I bring up that particular book? Because she talks about the seedy underbelly and world of zero days and how much money businesses will like pay for zero days. Why? Because if if you have a zero day, right? Say, like, let's say me and Dale Fay here and Kimberly can fix it, uh, start up a little skunk works lab and we, we find zero days. We can sell it to a bug bounty and maybe get $10,000, $20,000 and feel good about ourselves. Or we could sell it to NSO group for a half million dollars. 
and they're going to turn around, package it in Pegasus, and sell it for a million dollars per install. Straight cash, homie. So, the like the think about the economics in that business models of zero days. So spyware vendors. They, they need their stuff to get installed. It's critical. That's how they make their cake. So they are the kind of the most interested party or the one that benefits the greatest from having those zero days, of course, because if they find them themselves, they don't have to pay researchers to find them. Right, right. So anyways, I think that's what's up. Um, oh, cool. Space Tacos is reading um, the freaking salmon. Yes, yes. It's uh, I forgot about that line. She's so good. Uh, Nicole Pelroth is so good. Um, I hope she come. I, I'd love to meet her um, or interview her. She's, she's it's it, it's such a good book. It's such a good book. All right. Verizon workforce impacted by insider data breach. Names, physical addresses, and even social security numbers were just some of the information exposed in a significant data breach affecting Verizon's employees last year. The company says the sensitive data of over 63,000 employees <coughs> is compromised when an unauthorized employee accessed a file containing such information back in September of 2023. However, the breach went undetected until nearly three months later in December. Verizon clarified the incident only impacted employees and not customers. In a statement to Bleeping Computer, Verizon mentioned that at this point, there is no indication that the exposed information was improperly used or shared outside of the company. Oh, AI joins. The Lauren, Lauren, please take a breath. <laughs> take a beat between stories. All right. Hey, so check it out again. Um, two things. One, this is a win for the state of Maine's privacy laws. Like yet again, um, we're getting insights into breaches because Maine, the state of Maine. Oh, yep. We like our lobsters. <laughs> Actually, that's not what they sound like. But um, anyways, um, reporting on these things. Verizon, um, telecommunication companies, everyone knows it. 63,000 employees. I'm kind of curious. Let's see how many employees does Verizon have 2023? Let's see. Verizon, according to this poll, has... What year, hold on, what year is this? I am Ron Burgundy, 117,000 uh, employees. So not their entire employee workforce, but a good, I mean, half their employee workforce, not good. The data breach included um, what you would think um, in a normal kind of whatever breach, full name, physical address, social, union affiliation, DOB. Uh, this is like all the intel you need to uh, commit identity fraud, tax fraud, uh, uh, you know, scam start social engineering, et cetera. So not a good look. I would be pretty pissed um, if I worked at Verizon. At the same time, this data has been leaked over and over and over again. Uh, so, you know, it's the impact is lower. It's not a good look. I am curious how it got exposed. Did anyone catch that? Um, they discovered the breach in December three months afterwards. So three months dwell time is a long time uh, in, in today's day. Um, the data was exposed. There's no, there's no intel here on how it was leaked. Um, you know what I, okay, so here's another thing that I see all the time and I want to call it out because I hate it. You see this all the time. 
in their official public response, you see this exact statement. This, like I've seen this exact statement. There must be like a lawyer playbook that they just copy and paste from. At this time, we have no evidence that this information has been misused or shared. We saw the spoutable Twitter competitor had a breach. Literally yesterday was in the news. This exact statement was in there. Like it to me, it's a little um, misleading. At this time, we have no evidence that the information has been misused. How would you have, like, how would you know? How would you have any evidence? If I stole the data and I'm doing things with it on the dark web or I'm committing crimes with it, how would you know? Of course you have no evidence at this time. Like, to me, this is a false, mollifying, um, and casually, Joseph, that means like a soothing uh, way to, like, way to make them feel better, right? Like this is a statement to make you feel like, oh, it's not so bad. But of course, there's nothing behind it. They didn't do an investigation into the use of like who sold the data, where's it been used, has it moved out? Like, I get it. I get it that you don't have any evidence. But to me, you always see this and it's like, what what is this based on? Like at this time, we have no evidence. Did you, what what investigation did you do? If you do no investigation, into the specifics of what the threat actor is doing with the data they stole, then, you know, of course you have no evidence. Um, now, obviously, if a threat actor dumps it online very publicly, then, then you might say, uh, it, you know, it's been dumped. But I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, I always see this and I always see like your secure, your privacy and security is important to us in the breach notification letter. It's like, is it really important to you or is it important? now to say that because you got your hand caught in the cookie jar. Um, anyways, there's nothing in here. There's nothing in here to point out like what the breach actually, like what occurred? Was it like, was it an open, was it an open uh, S3 bucket? Was it dropped credentials? Was it malware? Was it nation state or was it some phishing email that somebody sent? I, th th there's no information here. I one funny, uh, not funny, but one thing I will share is that um, Verizon. This is Verizon Telecommunications, but Verizon um, has a like incident response capability that's wicked, wicked uh, solid. Um, and it, what the hell? What is this? Hold on, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what just happened. But hold on, like this, this window. I just clicked something. And though maybe someone can help me, the frame of my browser window, the application for my browser is now lined in a thick purple frame. So it looks like I may be sharing my screen now. I don't know, but I definitely have a big purple frame around my thing. Uh, Curiosity for Life says, thank you, Dr. Ozier, for all the knowledge. It's been helpful while I study my sec plus. Thank you. And love it, love it, love it for the uh, membership. All right, guys. So check this out really quickly. I think I did enable Clippy. Like, I don't know what it is, but as long as you guys can still see it, we're good. Um, Verizon data breach incident report. I just wanted to tell you about that. Uh, Verizon data breach incident report. Hey, mods, if anyone says something in chat about this purple bar and has a clear idea of what it is, please let me know. Um, oh, good. Casually, Joseph's dropping malware in my box and the purple bar is just confirming it. So, hey, I do want to share this. Verizon every single year does a data breach investigation report. I'd be, I'd be curious if they include the Verizon breach in the 2024 one, because that would be kind of meta and funny. But this report, 
of all the industry reports, this is one of my favorites. I look forward to this every year. A lot of people in the industry look forward to this report every year. It is phenomenally full of awesome intel. So if you if you know, uh, share what you think about uh, this particular report. And if you don't know about it, definitely check it out. It is awesome. It's always written like very tongue in cheek. And it's, it's really, really chock full of good stuff. C-suite. Ready or not, AI is here to stay and many are scrambling to adapt. Enter the Chief AI Officer, or CAIO for short. The New York Times reports that some organizations like the Mayo Clinic have already established this position. CEO Richard Gray said, quote, we're really trying to foster some of these data and AI capabilities throughout every department, every division, every work group, end quote. The Biden administration has also taken steps, signing an executive order mandating federal agencies, including the Department of Defense, Education, and Homeland Security, to appoint a chief AI officer. While the widespread adoption of the role is still on the horizon, it's clear that some organizations have already started the conversation. All right, so a couple things really quickly. Um, always on top, I think, is what's happening because I just moved the chat window and it went underneath the frame. I don't know how to disable that, but I would love if someone could help me. Also, whoever said always on top, thank you so much. Also, also, we have 510 members in the community right now on stream live. It's not a record, but it is. It is breaking 500 is notable. Way to go, everybody. Straight crushing it. Worldwide Wednesdays here to, to kill it. All right, so... Chief AI officer, not really a cybersecurity story, but I do want to comment on it. First of all, Shall we play a game? our token AI voice from Joshua. I want everyone to know that, listen, you cannot talk about AI without sucking the oxygen out of the room. It does not surprise me that executives are like, oh, we need to have AI officer. Like every single boardroom everywhere in the United States, at least, but probably around the world, they're talking about AI. How are we using AI? How's it, how's AI going to affect us? Blah, 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 blah. Right. They've probably been inside the CIOs. Like if, if you're wondering why CIOs are walking funny, it's because they got 14 board members jammed up their butt and like, they're asking them about AI and they're like, listen, bro, I'm trying to run apps. I'm trying to run data. I'm trying to run IT. I'm trying to run InfoSec. Can you like, give me a breath on AI? So this to me is a direct response where there's so much demand to get Windows control T. Ugh. Nope. Oh my God. My discord's now. Um, oh my God. It's, it's spreading. Okay. All right. So anyways, um, that's the right button though. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Thank you. This is good. Um, okay. So anyways, it, it's no surprise why the AI officer exists. The CIO was probably leading the charge like, bro, please, I need a breath. I can't run, um, the information office with your AI up in my face. So you know, this, who knows what this role is going to be responsible for in most organizations? Is it for the reliable implementation of AI? Is it to seek innovations on how products can use AI? I don't know. We'll see who the first ones are. If I had to make a stab in the dark, I would think that the first AI officers would be former CTOs or former like academics in kind of technical spaces like MIT or Caltech and stuff like that. I mean, if you're looking to do as chief AI officer correctly, if you're just doing it for um, window dressing, then who cares who it is? But you'll be able to say, oh, we got a chief AI officer up in here.
And now a word from our sponsor, Vanta. From dozens of spreadsheets and screenshots to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance and security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta is the leading trust management platform that helps you centralize your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To learn more, go to vanta.com slash CISO and watch their three-minute product demo. That's V-A-N-T-A. Hey, to whoever said the chief AI officer would be AI, that is funny and spot on. It's the mid-roll. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Ooh. Hey, y'all. Hope you're having a great stream. We went around the world earlier today to start the show off. Super, super dope. If you're getting value from the stream, educational value, entertainment value, 513 of you beautiful people here in chat right now, do a favor, hit the like button. It goes a long way on YouTube. Basically, it triggers the YouTube algorithm because you 500 people search for cyber content. Most of the content on my channel is cyber content. And if you're all hitting the like button, then YouTube's like, ooh, we should go tell more cyber people about this show. So play it, pay it forward. Hopefully uh, some of you first timers found it because we did this yesterday. I want to give another shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting with uh, Barricade and Panopsi. Uh, thanks so much for the sponsorship. But let's spend a minute talking about anti-siphon training. Deb Wiggly in chat, say hi to Deb. Um, She's over there with Black Hills and Anti-Siphon Training. This shirt right here, if you like it, that's part of the Black Hills Anti-Siphon ecosystem. Listen, Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. They offer students the ability to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun and inclusive way. Two things to tell you. One, if you're taking SOC core skills right now this week, you know what I'm talking about. Phenomenal experience. I know there's a ton of you in there. I saw a Simply Cyber Raid. Uh, guys, chef's kiss. I love our community. Hashtag Team SC. If you, don't, if you didn't have the opportunity to score that, go use the link in the description below to just go look at upcoming anti-siphon training. You will not be disappointed. Believe me. Thanks so much for the sponsorship support, anti-siphon training. Now, I want to tell you really quickly about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Okay, guys, listen. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is a phenomenal initiative that we have been pushing for like 200 days. If you would like to blow up your professional network quickly for like five minutes a day, go on to LinkedIn, search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and then connect with the people who are posting and comment on their posts connect to the people in comments. So you're gonna grow your network by like say 10 people. But the best part is when the next people come in and connect to the people in comments, they're gonna connect with you. So you will passively be growing your, your network as well. And the best part is it's all supportive, inclusive members of the cybersecurity community, not bots, not people trying to sell you certs. Now we've got, um, We've got to pick a baton holder. Scott B has the baton right now and doesn't appear to be in chat. So Scott, if you're in chat, holler at us. We need you to pick somebody. But if you're one of the 500 people here right now and you want to carry the baton for today, February 7th, and make your post, let us know. Say you want to take the um, 
the um, say you want to take the baton and take advantage of it. All right. All right. We got to keep going. We did Worldwide Wednesday already, but let's keep going and get back into the news. All right. I got some special announcements for the end of the show. Sis, stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Come on. It's so hard to like switch. Dutch defense network <laughs> compromised by Chinese hackers. A Chinese cyber espionage group successfully infiltrated the Dutch Ministry of Defense, deploying malware on compromised devices last year. Now, that's according to the Netherlands Military Intelligence and Security Service. Despite backdooring the breach systems, the agency reported limited impact due to network segmentation. During the investigation, a persistent remote access trojan named Coat Hanger was discovered which is specifically designed to infect FortiGate network security appliances. The Dutch agency warns they continue to face challenges with this malware strain as it can recover even after a system reboot and survives firmware upgrades. Any desk back up and running. Jesus, take a breath. All right, so um, here we go. Um, China infiltrates uh, Dutch, right? What, what are the Dutch? Is that Holland? My, sometimes I'm like ignorant when it comes to world stuff. I think Dutch is Holland, right? So anyways, what, how I read this story is that China attacks another country military, okay? They went through a FortiGate firewall. To me, FortiGate's always like tier two, tier three networking uh, device. They got in there. The really interesting part about their particular persistence mechanism is that it uh, it can relaunch after reboot, which by the way, like welcome to 1995. Like you you can you can add that to the startup apps. You can edit, put that in the registry. You can do a scheduled task. Like there's a million ways to like recover from startup. I mean, after a reboot. So I don't think that that's winning any innovation prizes. But they did say uh, persist through a firmware upgrade. Uh, that is interesting um, to see how they're doing, how they're um, managing that. Because usually firmware. Uh, it's like the whole image gets rewritten, not just like files like you would normally see on like a Windows or a Linux operating system. Um, it blows my mind that even today, our definition of war does not really account for cyber at this point. So like China literally infiltrated another country's military network and it's not considered war. If you march soldiers into someone else's military base on their own country's soil, that would absolutely be considered an act of war. So kind of crazy. Um, but you know, this is the playbook, you know, um, China's very good at espionage, very good at cyber attacks. If you're interested, since we're talking about books today, um, I hold on, where's my book? Simplycyber.io slash books with an S. I'm currently reading this book right here, Battlefield Cyber. And this really gets into uh, China and Russia and why they are such really, really, really advanced cyber capabilities and what you need to know about that. Uh, we saw Jen Easterly and Chris uh, Ray from the FBI, Jen Easterly from CISA, um, the other day, earlier, uh, or end of last week, speaking to Congress about, um, you know, kind of the, the cyber threat <laughs> China uh, presents to the United States. So definitely a lot to check out. Um, this is China doing China stuff. They're very good at what they do. A company that promotes itself as, quote, always secure, states that its software is safe to use following a cyber attack. According to the record, AnyDesk, a widely used remote monitoring and management software company, asserted that all versions of its tools obtained from, quote, official sources, end quote, are secure. 
Now, this is a story we first reported to you earlier this week, where according to AnyDesk, a cyber attack led to outages affecting servers in Spain and Portugal, but had no impact elsewhere. The company initiated a password reset for customers, emphasizing it was a precautionary measure. AnyDesk reports that the incident did not involve ransomware or an extortion attempt and that no customer data was compromised. Google. All right. We talked about this story the other day. This is a live look in at the executive team at AnyDesk. This is a live look in. And if you're listening on the audio pod, it is Elmo on fire. Listen, AnyDesk is a remote access software solution. There are many competitors in the space for this. AnyDesk has a great market share. The fact that they were compromised is bad for business. It's very easy. Like vendor lock-in on AnyDesk isn't, I mean, it's not purely simple to switch, but it's, it's a lot easier to switch than switching from like Microsoft Office 365 to Google Workspaces, right? So I'm I'm telling you right now, this story... This story right here is literally a, I, I bet you anything, AnyDesk paid PR people to get this story, like not in the CISO series, but like get it out there. Cause this is, this goes way beyond AnyDesk just releasing a public memo about like, Hey, anything's safe to use. Like this is, this is crisis management for AnyDesk as far as I'm concerned. Um, and like, like I said, they're pushing this story for good reason. No particular um, user install was affected. What was taken was source code and signing certificates. But as I said yesterday on stream, when you have the source code, you can review it and analyze it. You can discover zero days, then you can exploit them, and then you can have compromises. So get ready for the, you know, like basically, you know how, um, you know how like in a tsunami, the water recedes out like out to the ocean before the tsunami comes like this is essentially in my opinion what is happening the source code got stolen the signing certs got taken and no user aka beachgoers sitting there with like uh you know spf 75 on their nose drinking out of a coconut like no user got wet because the water receded out into the ocean you could see an extra thousand yards of sand but you're not wet. Any desk is like, oh, no one's wet right now. But believe me, I'm telling you, I'm calling it Mark Tape, February 7th. There's a tsunami that's going to come and it's going to wash over all those beachgoers. Not all of them are going to get wet, right? Not all any desk uh, users are going to be compromised. But I'm telling you, if they discover zero days, whoever stole it, which I would suspect it either someone stole it uh that's a nation state or they're going to sell it to a nation state and uh there you go so uh i'm calling a tsunami pays up in data privacy lawsuit google has settled to the tune of 350 million dollars in a lawsuit connected to a security flaw in the now shut down google plus social media website Although the settlement is pending approval from a federal judge, a Google spokesperson expressed relief in what they described to be a long saga for, quote, a product that no longer exists, and we are pleased to have it resolved, end quote. The settlement addresses claims that the tech giant concealed a three-year software glitch exposing Google Plus users' personal data for several months, though Google denies any wrongdoing in the case. White House ramps... All right, what's the perfect... Um... Uh, 
What's the perfect um <laughs> right here? I guess we'll use this one. This is Google. So Google Plus, Google Plus, like again, if you guys don't know, Google um is you know, obviously Google's huge, but Google, like uh, you know, they just were spraying back in like the mid-2000s. They're spraying all over the place. Google Labs standing stuff up. Anyways, Google Plus, um, I think it was Google Plus was like the Facebook. It was a social media thing. They had these circles. They never really invested in it. They never really pushed it. It was like, I don't know. I feel like it was like someone's pet project. It it, it sucked, frankly. Um, so they, they abandoned it, right? Well, all that data um, either got sold or got abused in some way. And this is like Google right now. Oh my God. It's like, hey, you know that system that you did a while ago? Yeah, that's 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 gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about that. And Google's like, oh my god, bro, like I don't even remember that. You know, like you you go to the archives and like like blow the dust off. But to the tune of $350 million, you want to talk about how much is it gonna cost? How much is it gonna cost to make this headache go away? The answer is $350 million. Cash, now I also want to point out this was probably a class action lawsuit, which means the lawyers are gonna get paid, and you and I. I did have Google Plus. You and I will probably get a check from Google for like 48 cents. We'll all have a laugh, throw the check away, and uh, you know the lawyers will buy another boat. Deep fake defense. A White House official says the administration is exploring the possibility of watermarking computer-generated content to enhance the identification process of deep fakes. However, the administration is placing the onus on companies to develop technology for detecting these deepfakes. Now, deepfakes are becoming a growing concern in the private and public sectors. Earlier this week, we reported an incident where an employee paid $25 million to hackers after a video call with a deepfaked version of their CFO. Even more recently, a robocall using an AI voice resembling President Joe Biden urge voters not to participate in the upcoming primary. It was actually linked to a pair of Texas-based telecommunication companies. While a watermark may not be effective in these specific cases, according to CyberScoop, the Biden administration believes it could be beneficial for a White House that is growing more concerned about the impact of these deep fakes. We're getting close. All right. Yeah. So, oh my God, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I didn't hear about this deep fake robocall and Joe Biden telling people not to go vote. We need like, guys, here's the thing. AI capabilities, deep fake capabilities. Um, they're coming swiftly. The advancements are moving quickly. Okay. The use cases are developing fast. Unfortunately, the federal government moves at the speed of federal government. It's bloated, it's bureaucratic, and it's it, it is what it is, right? The bigger you are, the slower you move. There's a lot of moving parts. You can't turn a cruise ship around on a dime, but you can turn a cigarette boat around on a dime. I think, I don't know. Maybe maybe like you can turn a um a John boat around on a dime, okay? Um so anyways, the White House coming up with ideas and requiring watermarks and stuff like that, like BSEC said in chat, they've been talking about this for months. Like, like, here's my thing. Stop, do something. It doesn't have to be perfect, but let's get it going. Move forward on something. And can we introduce some type of like serious 
legislation and serious ramifications if you're caught doing like whoever set up the Joe Biden calling and telling people not to vote. That is like that's not art. That's not you're that's straight up an attack on our kind of democracy. If you know, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here. I mean, that's literally trying to manipulate voters. Um, so I don't I, I don't dig on that. Um now if someone called if someone called and said, Hi, I'm such and such, I'm 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 Bob, don't go to the vote. Right. That's different. You can make those calls and they're they're stupid, but you can make them when you're pretending to uh, convey and 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 like sell that you are somebody else. In this case, Joe Biden. That's nefarious. OK, so um, let's see what the White House does. But it, you got to do better. You got to move faster. Um, and watermarking's got to happen. Right. And they talk. Here's the thing. I'll tell you what. Um, if there is some deep fake action on um, in November for elections, that's going to be that's going to be really bad. <clears throat> and I could also see a um, I could also see like you know the Taylor Swift deep fake thing that got a lot of pub that got a lot of things moving. Um, so if there's you know some more juicy deep fake action and people who are in power get affected, like. Like that $25 million uh, business email compromise scam. Like if that was somebody who got affected that was like in real power and could affect, like if Elon got hit or, um, you know, some of these like super wealthy people that you never even hear about that fund political campaigns, if they get hit, you could see these things moving faster. But like right now, it's not moving fast enough. All right. To our super cyber. All right. So that's going to do it for today. Before you go, I've got big announcements for everybody. Let's do our token. All right. Hey, did we get someone for the baton? I definitely need somebody. If you want to pick up the Simply Cyber Community baton, we need a volunteer, please. It's your opportunity to blow up your network. If you've already carried the baton before, share in chat what your experience was like. I'm telling you, this is a wonderful opportunity. Do not, do not be intimidated by it. You simply just share your story on LinkedIn. It's simple. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Now, I got a couple things to share with you. One, this is super cool, guys. I'm super, super excited that tomorrow, Thursday, February 8th at 4.30 p.m. on Simply Cyber Live, my long-form guest interview show, Jack Resider is coming, creator and host of Darknet Diaries. Every single one of us knows what Darknet Diaries is. I'm a huge fan. I'm super excited to talk to Jack, understand where he gets his stories, how what his what is, uh, journey's been like. And uh, it's going to be super dope. So come on down. Come on out. Drop your questions in chat at, during the show. I'll get them all answered as best I can. It's going to be all about good times. I'll drop a link right now uh, to the show. I've also got I've got a lot of updates for you guys. Boom. Also, I want you to know that later today, or excuse me, tomorrow, at Thursday, February 8th, I am going to be collaborating with Black Hills Information Security. Uh, you can come out. Uh, the show goes live at 12.30 for pre-show. I'll drop a link in chat on this one. Pre-show is at 12.30. I'll be hanging with the Black Hills crew for an hour and a half tomorrow. So if you want to come hang out, high five, have a good time, let's do it. Let's do a Simply Cyber Raid on Black Hills tomorrow. It'll be all about good times. I can't wait. Um, the final thing I want to share with you, many of you know about this. Um, 
I've been working on Cyber 101 for a while. Uh, this is the raw. I've got a couple edits for the um, for the editor, but I wanna I wanna kind of publicly launch and share with you a big announcement. Let's go. I'll see you guys in 60 seconds. Going to pivot your career into something more secure and exciting? Hi, I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, and I'm here to guide you into the world of cybersecurity. Now, whether you're 25 or 45, switching careers can be intimidating and challenging, especially into cybersecurity, which has an overwhelming amount of roles and disciplines. Now, based on my 20 years of industry experience and years of teaching at the Citadel Military College, I've designed and built Cybersecurity 101 to be your one-stop launchpad to new beginnings. Cybersecurity 101 offers over 22 hours of video content, 100-plus lessons, 12 hands-on labs, all starting from the basics. So whether you have IT experience or not, I've got you covered. This course was designed as a comprehensive college level curriculum and should take about three months to complete at four hours a week. Try it out and see for yourself. I made some of the lectures and labs available to access without paying anything so you can see what's going on. Take the first step towards your new career. Visit simplycyber.io slash cyber 101 to learn more and enroll in cybersecurity 101. Your future in cybersecurity starts today. All right, there it is, everybody. Super excited, public launch, Cyber 101. Um, it's It was a labor of love. I hope to God it helps a lot of people. Um, check it out. Like I said, there's there's several of the lectures that are you know public preview. You don't have to sign up or anything. Uh, check it out, see what's up. Alan Norris says, wish I could say I passed my CC yesterday, but ISC squared expired. V6 of the exam and V7 won't be ready until after the first. One and a half one-way drive for nothing. Damn, that sucks. Um, Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, we'll drop one of those. Uh, all right, guys. I've got uh, a 9 a.m., so I'm going to have to drop. Um, Phil Stafford taking the baton. Phil Stafford. Let's go, Phil. All right, guys. Like I said, we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Would love for you guys to show up for um, the Black Hills InfoSec if you've got the time. It's going to be wicked fun collabing with those people. I love Deb. I love Jason, Zach Hills over there now, obviously John Strand, Velda, the whole crew. Uh, it's so it's very inspiring. If you like Simply Cyber, you will love Black Hills Information Security. And then, of course, Jack Reciter tomorrow. I'll do my best not to get the vapors uh, when Jack comes on. Guys, thanks so much for everything. I genuinely appreciate the community. Hashtag Team SC. Uh, love it. I love it. Thank you so very much for all you guys do. Have a great Wednesday, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until next time, stay secure. Be well. If you enjoyed that content, keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.